Today is the first Sunday in Advent, the first Sunday of a new Christian year. So I, I, I would say Happy New Year, but to be honest, the Christian year does not begin on a happy note. We begin each year with a few weeks of sober reflection and repentance. During the season of Advent, we are invited to feel the full weight of the brokenness in our hearts and in the world around us. And this is meant to increase our sense of longing as we prepare for Christmas, for the birth of our Savior and King, which is indeed a happy thing. Over the next six weeks through Advent and Christmastide, we will be following the lectionary through a sampling of different psalms, beginning today with Psalm 80. Psalm 80 is associated with the northern kingdom of Israel, and it was likely written around the time that the people of the northern kingdom were being carried away into exile. In other words, this psalm was written during a time of deep suffering, a time of defeat, a time of national disgrace. And so in the midst of all that suffering, the prayer of Psalm 80 is for God to restore his people, to restore his people. Verse 3, restore us, O God. Verse 7, restore us, O God of hosts. Verse 19, restore us, O Yahweh God of hosts. The prayer of Psalm 80 is for God to restore his people. Verse 1, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. The psalmist appeals to God as the shepherd king of Israel, their leader, their defender, their protector, he who fights their battles. And the call is for God to shine, to let his face shine. Because when the face of God shines, salvation is the result. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Verse 4, O Yahweh, God of hosts, that is, O Yahweh, God of armies, stir up your might and come to save us, O Yahweh, God of armies. How long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us an object of contention for our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of armies. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Once again, the psalmist pleads with God to let his face shine. And this is a far cry from what the people are currently experiencing. Namely, the anger of God. The word anger in verse 4 means to smolder and to smoke. So rather than shining, the face of God is exuding smoke. Picture a bull snorting smoke out of its nostrils. 
God is smoldering and smoking. And the people are longing for the day when his face will shine again. They are longing for the day when God will delight in his people again. But to be clear, the psalmist is not blaming God for being angry. The psalmist does not consider the anger of God to be unwarranted or out of proportion. The northern kingdom had abandoned the rightful worship and obedience of the one true God. They had rebelled against God by disobeying his righteous rules, which he intended for their good. And they rebelled against God by worshiping foreign idols. When we, the people of God, rebel against God, we should not expect his face to be full of delight. We should not expect to see his face shine. We should expect to see his face smolder and smoke. And that's still true today, by the way. The coming of Christ did not render Psalm 80 inapplicable. Psalm 80 is not a relic of some bygone age. Psalm 80 has retained its relevance to the present day. God's people are still capable of angering him. And that is a very good thing. You see, God is too committed to his own good vision for the world. He loves the world too much to prop up and to sanction human rebellion. God is simply too just to turn a blind eye to crony capitalism and the trampling of the poor and the widespread embrace of the sexual revolution and the slaughter of unborn children and the bodily mutilation of confused teenagers. I don't know about you, but I don't want to worship a God who looks upon those things with a shining face. I want to worship a God who looks upon those things and smolders and smokes. And thankfully, that's the God of the Bible. He is simply too just to turn a blind eye to such things, especially when many in the church are celebrating such things. And so we, we 21st century Christians, ought to pray with the psalmist, restore us, O God. Literally, it means turn us back around, Turn us back around. We have been disloyal. We have been rebellious. We have forgotten the God from whom all blessings flow. And listen, I'm not just talking about the people out there. Judgment begins at the household of God, says Peter. We're not just asking God to restore our secular nation. We're first asking God to restore the church. Restore us, O God. Be gracious to us. Bring us back. Make your face shine again and save us. Now, beginning in verse 8, the psalmist employs 
the common biblical metaphor of a vine. We, we saw that metaphor through all of our readings this morning. To briefly summarize the history of the nation of Israel. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then, why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit? The boar from the forest ravages it and all that move in the field feed on it. Turn again. O God of armies, look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine, the stock that your right hand planted. And for the son whom you made strong for yourself. They have burned it with fire. They have cut it down. May they perish at the rebuke of your face. Why would God go to the trouble? of transplanting a vine from one region to another, clearing the ground, and cultivating until it saturated the landscape, only to stand by and watch as that vine is burned and trampled into non-existence? That's the question being asked in these verses. And we find the answer, I think, to that question in Isaiah chapter 5, which Connie read for us earlier. To summarize Isaiah 5, what more is there to do for the vine that God has not already done? When he looked for sweet grapes, why did it yield sour grapes? When he looked for justice, why did he see bloodshed? When he looked for righteousness, why did he hear cries for help? Again, God is just and he loves the world too much to prop up and to sanction human rebellion. But notice what happens in verse 15. Have regard for this vine the stock that your right hand planted, and for the son whom you made strong for yourself. The metaphor changes. Out of nowhere, the metaphor changes. Israel is not just God's vine. Israel is God's son. The vine was always also a son. And that metaphor continues in verse 17. Let your hand be on the man of your right hand the Son of Man whom you have made strong for yourself, then we shall not turn back from you. Give us life, resurrect us, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Yahweh God of armies. Let your face shine that we may be saved. So both the vineyard metaphor and the sonship metaphor originally referred to the nation of Israel. However, and think back to our gospel reading for today, John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am 
the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the true vine. And Jesus is the Son of the Father. Jesus fulfills both the vineyard metaphor and the sonship metaphor. He is revealed to be the single man to whom both metaphors refer. And that, brothers and sisters, is what we look forward to when we look forward to Christmas. The planting of the one true vine. The birth of the one true son. During Advent, we anticipate restoration. Restore us, O God. We anticipate the arrival of the God of armies in response to the prayers of his people. We anticipate salvation. We anticipate new life. We long to see the shining face of God. And we know, as, as New Covenant Christians, we know, because we're told in 2 Corinthians 4, that God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the vine, the sun, and the shining face of God. His birth means salvation. His birth means restoration. His birth means justice and righteousness and peace. His birth means new life for the people of God. And so when, when faced with cultural chaos and political chaos and wars and rumors of wars and social decadence and the breakdown of the family and corruption within the church and widespread apostasy and a general atmosphere of anxious joylessness, what are we to do? What do we do? Build a bunker? Purchase a bunch of canned goods? Walk around town wearing a sandwich board that reads, The end is near? No. When faced with these things, we have every reason to pray the words of Psalm 80 for the church of today. The Bible teaches us to pray, Restore us, O God. You have cleared the ground. You have planted your church. And your church has taken deep root and filled this land. Your church has provided shade to the weary. Your church has sent out its branches to the nations. Why then have you broken down its walls? We are in need of your shepherding. We have become an object of contention for our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among themselves. Have regard for this vine. Make us strong. Give us new life. We long for your restoration, O Yahweh, God of armies. We long to see your shining face. So strengthen the man at your right hand. And that is to say, strengthen his body on the earth. Exalt your son. Exalt the shepherd king 
of not just Israel, but every nation. Establish his kingdom on the earth. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for being just and for loving us, for loving this world. Thank you that you do not prop up or sanction human rebellion. Please do restore us. Please do give us life. Please do exalt Jesus and his kingdom in the earth. May your face shine upon us that we may be saved. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.